Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Garth Ball. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. month talking about what? Can you tell me what we spoke about last month? The theme? Awakening. Wonderful. You are listening. Uh, That's very good. And we're continuing on with a theme called Seeking God in this month. And uh, this probably could go for the next two years, this theme. Uh, It may, it may not. We'll probably pull it up at some stage, but there is so much to talk about uh, when when it comes to seeking God. And I really have felt over the past uh, six months really, but especially for this year, that there is a, there's a real season now for the church uh, to seek God uh, in a new way, in a fresh way, uh, in a more vigorous way. And uh, we can just get the iPad up there. That would be fantastic. And, uh, you know, I've read this once before, but our good friend, where's he? Somewhere, I think I saw him. Oh, there he is. I'm looking at him right there. I uh, put this on Facebook a little while ago, this scripture, and as soon as I read it, I was like, that sums up what I'm feeling. So let's just have a read. It says, uh, I, plant, I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness, and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. I really feel like now is the time for us to plow our, our hearts and get our hearts nice and soft towards God uh, and seek Him in a, in a, in a vibrant, passionate uh, way that uh, really shows our, our desire for Him and our hunger for Him. And so, you know, we're going to be sharing a lot about different things over uh, the next, you know, month or however long this theme goes for. But I really think it's time for the church on the Central Coast to seek God. And, and on Friday mornings, really, the, the prayer that we started on Friday mornings is for that purpose alone. It's not to, um, to come and feel like we need to pray the loudest prayers and, and make the biggest declarations over our, our city and, and impress everyone with our prayers or, or what, anything like that. We simply come uh, with our hearts prepared, but with no real agenda, just to seek God, to see what He wants to say see what he wants us to pray for, to see what he wants to speak to us. And uh, we've had some great, great uh, times uh, over the past few weeks with Phil and Fleur and Matt and Beck and Ev and um, Tim was there on, on Friday. So come along it's, uh, to that. As Ev was trying to say before, he was trying to say it's either 6.30 p.m. on Wednesdays or 6.30 a.m. on Fridays. Um, just sort of clarify that for you. Thank you for that, Ev. <laughs> we got there eventually. Why don't we pray before I go any further and ask the Lord to speak to us this morning. Jesus, we thank you, God, for a wonderful season uh, that we're here, God, uh, on the central coast of New South Wales, God, for this time in this season, uh, and you, God, more than ever are passionate about your people seeking you. God, you're passionate more than ever about moving in the lives of people all around this region, and God, we pray that over this uh, month, we commit this new theme into your hands, Father. We pray that you continue to awaken us, that you would continue to stir our hearts for you, and, um, and that we would go on this great journey of, of just knowing you and seeking you and finding you and, uh, and all these wonderful things that uh, it involves. So God, we thank you. We praise you. We ask that you'd speak to us this morning, that your scriptures would come alive to us. 
uh, that your, your word would speak to us and that we would leave with more faith, God, with more passion, God, with more grace on our world than when we walked in this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And, uh, you know, in case you're new to this thing called Christianity, uh, church, walking with Jesus, uh, let me tell you that a, a vibrant, fresh relationship with Jesus Christ, I feel, is the meaning of life. Uh, you know, it's not that hard. I don't know why everyone's been puzzled so long about the meaning of life. It's pretty easy. I could have told them uh, a little while ago. But, uh, you know, it's just such a wonderful thing. And uh, there was, I hung out with a friend recently who's an unbeliever, and he had his, a relative of his that was this 13-year-old young guy, and, and he was a bit of a, uh, a smart aleck, and, and he thought he was pretty funny, and he had some you know, pretty rude stuff to say, one of those great 13-year-olds, and um, reminded me too much of what I was like at that age, and so I had a lot of grace for him. And, and someone said to him, tell, tell the story, tell Garth that story. And he goes, oh, I've been told I can't swear around you because you're a priest. And I was like, I'm not a priest. And, and I just sort of left it, just sort of, and then we're in the water, and he goes, but you're a priest, right? I said, no, I'm not a priest. He goes, but you're religious, aren't you? No, I'm not even religious, man. And um, I, I'm, not, I'm not too much of a fair, you know, we, are, we do follow a religion called Christianity, but I just like to mess with this guy's thoughts a little bit because uh, it, is, it really is, isn't it, just about walking with Jesus, about knowing him. And, and um, you know, Paul said in Philippians 3, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for his sake I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. And, uh, you know, you may be here and you may not have that relationship with Jesus. We'd love to fix that. Maybe you've let your relationship with him dwindle a little bit and this will be a great month to, to draw near to him afresh, to get you that passion and that walk with him, just rocking again. Um, and so I was thinking about it, this relationship with, with Christ and more than ever, just realizing that it is really everything that we need. And, you know, I've caught up with uh, people over the past few, you know, few months, friends that, you know, with addictions and friends with health issues and stuff's going on in the world and it's all happening. And just more than ever, I'm like, you know what? This is just the time to seek God. It really is a time to put everything else aside and just say, Jesus, compared to anything else, knowing you, and walking with you is the most important thing. Uh, it's almost like our relationship with God is a big game of hide and seek. I think of it in that way. Uh, I was with Joey and Charlie one time. Uh, Joey, she's, you know, I'm talking about you now, Joey. Sorry. Uh, and, and we went down, we went for breakfast and, and with Jamie, and we went down to a park. And I thought, and Jamie and I thought, let's play a game of hide and seek, guys. And they're like, yeah, let's play a game of hide and seek. And see, for them, I, so Jamie was with, the, with, with Joe and Charlie, and, and I went and hid. And for them, they were seeking with everything they had. They, you know, they're like, oh, it's such a big area, this small little park in, in my eyes. And, and where are they? And, but the thing was, it was always my intention to be found. I was never going to really try and hide so that these poor kids would be running around all day just trying to find me. Uh, that's a, you know, a poor form of torture and child abuse. But 
Um, but I was always, you know, so, you know, you're behind a tree and got your legs sticking out or, or you, your face is there and you're pretending you're hiding. Oh, there, you know, and so it's like that with God, you know. He, he initiates it. He initiated in the first place. He, he called you. Uh, you came into a relationship with him if you are in a relationship with him uh, because he pursued you. Firstly, you continue it because Revelation says that he knocks on the door of the hearts of believers, just always just knocking away, saying, come on, open it up, open it wider, let me come into relationship with you. But then he's got this principle of seeking him, that, that he doesn't just make us, you know, kids, we're going to sit down and you're going to talk to me and it's going to, he sort of hides a little bit and, and, he, and he lets us seek him with everything that we have uh, with, in a passionate way. He wants us to seek him with, with a wholehearted abandon. But the beautiful thing is that his intention is always to be found. He's not hiding from us to, uh, you know, to try and get us on this wild goose chase and you know, get us to a place of frustration where I'm seeking God but I can't find him. No, no, no. He always wants to be found. I've got a few scriptures here for you. Uh, James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That was a great promise for me growing up as a, as a young believer, that I knew the Word of God says, if I draw near to God, if I take steps towards Him, then He promises that He will draw near to me. It's not, you don't have to wonder, will He, if I try, if I give this a go, will it work? Well, Bible's very clear. If you will just take some steps towards Him, then He will be found. Jeremiah 29, 13, Pastor Phil read it before. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's not a question of if, you absolutely will find God if you seek Him above all else with your whole heart. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Uh, seek and you will find. You will. It's, it's so clear. That, and this was just the tip of the iceberg scriptures in the Word of God about God looking for people and wanting to draw near to people who will seek Him. Um, and so, you know, yes, in some ways we... We found Christ, as I said, we found him when we, uh, when we met him and we, we, we either came down the front here or in our, you know, with someone, someone led us to him and we prayed a prayer. But there's just this journey of going ever deeper into God, ever deeper. God is the sort of guy, if you can call him that, that no matter how, the more you walk with him, the more you get to know him, the less you feel you know him because there's so much more. You just get this sense of, it's like, you know, the universe is ever-expanding. Scientists go and they get so far, but they'll never reach the end because it just keeps going. God is like that. And it's ever deeper into God. And that's why, you know, uh, there was an Italian uh, Catholic philosopher, Thomas Aquinas, and, and who's alleged, they say, to, who had written volumes of books, volumes of books, uh, written all these things about God. And they said something happened. He had this encounter where possibly he saw a glimpse of heaven. He said, I've got to stop writing because everything I've done even this far is, he said, is like straw. It's nothing compared to that which I've seen. And uh, someone that gave their whole life and three months later died. Uh, and, you know, so, so you might think, you know, I know God a bit. Well, let me tell you, you don't know the, the half of it. You don't know the beginning of it. You know, you've got a glimpse, you've got a, a few tiny facets of God and who he is and what he has to offer for you but you have not even begun yet. This party has not even started yet. Uh, and, and there is so much, you can, search, you can seek God your, your whole life and you'll find him every day of your life, but you'll still never find everything until that day where we go to him and be with him and, and see him in his fullness and, and then we'll just worship him for all eternity, um, which is pretty cool. So 
I'm going to get, I'm going to cut straight to, I'm going to get straight, go straight for the jugular this morning. Uh, it's the first, it's the first um, week of a theme. Usually I'd warm you up. That was the extent of it. Uh, that was a little warm up for you. And now I'm just going to go for it. Uh, and I'm going to get to the heart of seeking God. And, uh, and that is prayer. And we're going to talk about prayer again because uh, we're in the theme of, you know, we've got a, three weeks of prayer and fasting and, and God's stirring that in my heart. So I may as well talk to you about something I'm passionate about at the moment. And, you know, our wonderful leader, Pastor Phil Pringle, has written a book, Inspired to Pray. And under it, it says, The Art of Seeking God. Um, you know, there is no seeking God without prayer. Uh, for, I don't know what your perception is of prayer. Often you may think of a monk uh, in an, on a pole on one foot, uh, finding his sweet spot with the Lord, or someone out in the desert, uh, you know, going away from civilization just to seek the Lord. But uh, no, you can do what you're doing in your world and still have a, have a, a walk of prayer and, a, and an attitude of seeking God. Um, let me show you another few scriptures to just show you that really prayer, there's a whole bunch of things about seeing God, but prayer... Guys, let's be honest this morning. You can't seek God and walk with Him if you're not praying. And uh, this isn't, I've, I've gone, I didn't want this to be a, 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 a beat up session as prayer can sometimes be. Uh, you know, we do that to ourselves when we think about prayer. I don't need to do it to you, uh, and I don't need to do it to myself. I want to encourage you this morning and help you out. But, but let's be honest that. Everyone's on a different journey when you've just started your walk with Christ. You may be not praying a whole bunch. That's okay. Uh, as I said, it's a journey ever deeper. Um, so it, this isn't about, oh, I should be, you know, I'm such a terrible person. Because if you go that vibe, then you're going to want to pray less because you're going to have this view of God that is going to be very unappealing to go before Him because you're going to feel like you're such a bad person. It's not about that. This month is about going ever deeper. So where you are right now, if you're here with God, we want you to be here by the end of this month and even by the end of this week, you know, that you can take steps towards Him, just taking a journey into Him, uh, doing a little bit more and, and going a little bit deeper than where you currently are now. But look at this, the, the scripture we read in, in Jeremiah, it says, before that, this part where it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, it says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you, you will seek me. So there's like this thing of prayer just wound up in this concept of seeking God. 2 Chronicles 7.14, the, the godfather of prayer scriptures. Um, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. These things, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, they're not separated, they're a whole package when you want to draw near to God. It's not like, okay, well, out of those, humble myself, that seems a little bit difficult. Pray, might be able to do that. Seek, my, seek his face, yeah, let's do that. No, no, like all of those things, turning from our ways, our wicked ways of relying on ourself and our dead works to please him, uh, you know, our pride, prayer, all of these things are, are a great package in this verse of how we come to God. And so prayer, seeking God, is just locked up uh, in each other. And I was reading the book of Acts. Well, I wasn't reading. I was skimming through. And go and do this. I, I challenge you that if we were to, right now, I said, guys, I want you to find me a chapter in the book of Acts where people weren't praying. That you would have a harder time doing that than if I said, Can, you know, find a, a chapter where they are praying. Because if you look through the book of Acts, the early church, God's design for the church, 
Every chapter is they're praying. In Acts chapter 1, they'll gather together in one place praying. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to, to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and breaking of bread and to prayer. Acts 3, at the time of prayer, uh, they went up to the temple and saw the, the leper at Gate Beautiful. And so it goes on. Um, chapter 11, Peter says, well, let me tell you a story. While I was at Joppa praying, this vision happened. The early church was birthed in prayer. And I hate to say it, but the church has lost its culture and reliance on prayer. Uh, that's, not an, that, that's not meant to be a negative thing. Really, let's just be honest and say we aren't praying as a church right across the, you know, probably the nation. We're not praying like we used to, and we're not praying like the Bible dictates that really we should for a whole bunch of reasons, and that's what I want to help you with. But, um, but you know, let's... Let's, um, in this month, you know, whatever you're doing in this 21 days, I understand that life's busy, and, you know, when you're getting up at maybe 5 a.m. and going to bed at 10 p.m., maybe you can't do plain straight water fasting for three days, you know, there, here and there, but, but there's something that, that you can just shift in your world, even if it is just an increase in prayer, even if it's just turning up to the prayer, a prayer meeting, giving it a go, going, okay, for three weeks, I'm going to turn up to a prayer meeting. I'm just going to give it a go, see how it goes. Um, if you don't like it, you know, we give you a full refund and, and you can take it back at the end of the three weeks. But, but you, know, um, you know, giving it a go. So I just want to help you in the last sort of 15 minutes here by talking about uh, the four reasons that I believe are most significant that people don't pray, the things that stop you from praying. Because I'm, I decided that I'm going to give you a skip the discourse on that we need to pray. Um, a whole bunch of people in here, a lot of people already are walking with Jesus. You know we need to pray. <laughs> it's not like, you know, I get up here and say, guys, we need to pray. And you're like, really? I'd never heard that before. That is such a, a fresh revelation. No one's ever told me I needed to pray before. You know, I mean, we all know. So I thought I'd just skip you the, come on, guys, you need to pray. Nothing happens without praying. God doesn't move without prayer. You don't get shifted without prayer. All these wonderful things. I just thought I'd assume some prior knowledge. I gave you some RPL this morning. So these guys, I'm going to recognize their prior learning on prayer, that they know they need to pray. And I'm going to skip straight to the heart of them and go, well, okay, if we know we need to, if we know we should, if we know it's good, if we know it's a call from God, then why don't we? So why don't we just look at that? Is that all right? That's good. Um, so the first one, and one I'm really passionate about, is that, um, sorry, guys. No need for it. We feel like we don't need it. Now, I hate to bring out the Hitman uh, Revelations 3 straight away. Uh, you know, it's some of the Hitman of the New Testament. Malachi is the Hitman of the Old Testament, I reckon. And, uh, and Revelation, the Hitman. But bear with it. You know, it's in the Word. You're going to stumble across it sooner or later anyway. And I just really think it's a, really a, a depiction of, of what our culture in general, is. And so let's read it. Take the medicine. Let's just get, get the spoon out. Hold your breath. Let's have a look at it. Um, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are, luke, are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. You say, now this is what I want to get to. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. 
So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire, then you'll be rich. Also buy white garments from me so that you will not be shamed by your nakedness, an ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. And this is the other one. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Turn from your indifference. Guys, if there... Put your hand up, tap out anytime you need if it's too much. But, you know, I just think our culture, if there's one word towards God that, that, I, that I think it could sum it up in times such as these, it's indifferent. Um, we might think it's hot, but really when we compare it to the biblical standard, it's probably a little bit indifferent. It's like, you know, God, when we look at, you know, regardless of what we say, when we look at what we do and how we live our life, you know, we probably are saying, God, it's good with you. I can probably do some of it without you. I'm sort of indifferent at times, whether you're here or not. Great if you turn up. You know, even church, great if you turn up. But if not, then we can go through an hour and a half and, and we'll survive it. It's okay. Um, and, you know, but that is, I feel, that what, that what is totally opposed to, to seeing the promises of God, to seeing God move in your life. In our in our in our region, uh, to see God, uh, to see you inherit the promises of God, to see you live your best life—not a defeated, average, mundane life that feels like you're never quite getting there. No, no, no. God has a place that you can live in victory, even if the circumstances in your world don't change. Let me tell you that right now. Uh, and and it takes a passion and a, and a fire on the inside that not not a religious zeal that is, uh, you know, just false and you know, someone standing, you know, saying, look at me, like the Pharisees, look at me. No, no, no. But a thing on the inside that whether you're speaking or not, whether you're sitting or not, there's a, there's a passion on the inside that drives your walk with God. And I would go as far as saying this, that your prayer life is a, is a clear and direct picture of your need for God. And I'll just let that sink in because you, you might say, no, 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 I need God. Well, if, if we're not praying... Let's be honest, if we're not praying to God, then we're saying, God, we've got this one covered. Uh, we can do this without you. Uh, you know, if we're not praying for our church services, then, well, God, we can just, our program's enough. If we're not praying for our day, God, I can do this day without you. I'm feeling pretty strong. I'm feeling pretty good today. Um, you know, the emotions are pretty level out, not too high, not too low. I think I can do this. Uh, if our, we're not praying for the, the challenge in our world, we're saying it's not yet reached a point where I can't handle it and I don't yet need God to intervene. Is that all right to say that? Um, and, and so that's what, when we get to become people, that's why there's so many people in, in the West, particularly I think, that uh, are what Pastor Phil Pringle calls crisis-driven Christians. Uh, I think it's a really great term. And he, and he says that, you know, uh, things are going all right for us, and then they get really bad. And, and it, when we're down here, we start to pray. And, and we pray, and we're like, God, things are really hard now. Re I need you. I need you now, God. And, and so eventually we're praying, praying, and, and eventually things start to get better. And we start getting up here to things being well, good again, and all of a sudden we go, all right, God, I've got this on my own again. We're fine now. Thanks for getting that sorted out. Got the wheel again. All good. Um, until it happens again, and something, you know, it starts to go downhill again. But then we still don't start to pray until there. That's not really a relationship. Um, that's, 
you know, maybe going to the doctor when you need something healed or, you know, going to your parents if you need a loan of cash or something, I don't know, whatever. But, but that's not a walking relationship with Jesus. I feel, I feel that a seeking God is a lifelong thing. It's, a, it's an all-the-time thing. It's something that we need to develop so that, that every day we can't get through one day with Him, not because necessarily everything is so bad in our world, just because we know that we are, without Him, wretched, naked. But, you know, we, we aren't that in Christ, thank God. But apart from Him, we are that. We, we, we can't do it. Every day now, I just... If I don't get some, some, just even a short time alone with God, I get to the middle of the day, I'm just like, God, I feel like I can't do this. And that's a good dependency. Uh, you know, you don't need to be so independent that you don't need God for everything. It's a healthy dependency. It's the only healthy dependency in your world. Uh, and so you can be dependent on God. And, and I think we need to come to this point where we are doing a relationship. Because, you know, we, let me say as well, I think we're fooling only ourselves if we think that there is no effort that we need to put into our walk with God. Right. Sounding a bit harsh, isn't it? Sorry, guys, I'm, right. I'm trying. Like, I'm, I'm, um, because, like, if, let me say, if I did that to my wife, if I said, my wife married me and now she loves me for who I am, I don't need to do anything. <laughs> Preach it. <laughs> Preach it. Uh, I don't need to tell you what's going to happen. All right. Uh, it's not going to end well. And so people are like, you know, I'm saved by the grace of God, and so I don't need to strive in Him. I remember uh, in a place I was in, <laughs> trying to keep it anonymous, uh, and there was a time of prayer, and I said, come on, guys, let's, why don't we stand up? Like, I wasn't leading. I was just sort of being a bit like, come on, let's do this. And some late, one lady said to me, oh, don't be so religious, Garth. We don't have to stand up to pray. I'm just going to sit here and, and, you know, and rest with God. I'm like, that's fantastic. You can, but we're here together. We're corporately gathered. We're not like in our, on our bed or on our lounge chair on the back deck. It's not, it's not being religious. It's, it's putting a, a bit of effort into a relationship. Uh, and so, so, you know, yes, God doesn't want you to strive to earn his favor. He doesn't want you to strive to earn his approval. He doesn't want you to feel like you have to work to come before him, earn your salvation, earn your love. But he does want you to press in to seek him and to, and to take a step towards him and to pray and to get into the word and come to church and all those wonderful things. Um, and so this is how I think we can do it. That's why these verses that I've got on the screen now uh, talk about, say this phrase, humble themselves. So as we read before, 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves. James 4, 7 and 8, humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Uh, come close to God and he'll come close to you. Humble yourself. You know, we shouldn't, I don't think we should wait for circumstances to humble us, for circumstances in our world to get to a point where we go, okay, God, I actually aren't as all I was cracked out to be and I actually can't do everything that I thought I could uh, because this situation is difficult. No, no, God, I'm going to humble myself. Even on the, on the, on the mountaintop experience, God, I'm going to come and I'm going to just say, God, today I humble myself. God, I need you. I need you to fill my heart afresh. I need to be filled with your spirit afresh today. God, I need you in my work. I need you in my family. God, we, you know, whatever it is and just come to a daily place where you can humble yourself. You know, anytime... I start feeling like I'm pretty chuffed about my achievements. 
I'm really quick to come before God and just say, God, forgive me for that attitude because that's not good. Because the minute I, re- I realize, the minute I th- reckon that I can do it without him, that I maybe can get up and do this and, and claim it for myself without relying on the, the spirit of God, that I can, you know, see great, you know, the blessing of God in my life, but not give him thanks for it and depend on him for it. That's a dangerous place to be. And I don't want to be in that place. So, so I think we can come to a, a place where we just make good decisions. Um, so, so to just finish, finish on that, guys, we just need to make a resolve. You don't need to wait for your life to get into turmoil to seek God. You can make a choice right now. That's all that really, in the past six months with our prayer meeting on Fridays and, and, and this thing really speaking to me about seeking God and, and prayer, it wasn't from some blinding light revelation. I just remembered what it said in the Word. Oh, the Bible says that we don't need to wait for him to bring revival. We just pray and seek his face and he does stuff. Well, I may as well just do that. Like you, don't need a, you don't need some, some Paul-Saul conversion moment where God just speaks to you and says, you shall pray and you shall get up in the morning, you shall pray at night, you shall come to prayer meeting. Guys, just read the Word and go, Paul says pray, let's pray. Um, secondly, and the last two points aren't as long as the first two. We'll be done in five minutes. Second one, reason. so first reason we don't feel we need God, let's shift that. Second reason I think people don't pray is because of distractions. Distractions can be good or bad. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be some evil addiction or whatever to distract us from God. Uh, but it can just be life, just good things, our family, our job, our, you know, whatever it is. Uh, but let's have a look at, just revisit this story of Mary and Martha. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted, distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. There's a lot of things you have to do. And there was a lot of things that that Martha had to do. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Uh, You know, guys, no matter whatever good things there are in your world, indeed, only one thing really does. And everyone here is busy. I understand that. I mean, I I saw Josh Kansas post on Facebook saying about maths homework and working, and and everyone's busy, and it's not that anyone is more busy than anyone else. It's all relative. So Josh, in doing year 12, yeah, 11 or 11 or 12, is it? That, he's still, for him, that's equally as busy as someone else doing their busy thing. You're never going to get less busy. If you wait to prioritize your walk with Jesus until you get unbusy, then, guys, it's going to be when you leave this planet and you've got eternity to spend with him because things are only getting busier. The key is priorities. What is the priority in your world? And I would suggest to you this morning that, that not your wife or husband, not your children, not your work, they are all good things. And we shall not get rid of any of those. Maybe work sometime. But, um, but God, the priority is your walk with Jesus, is seeking Him, getting alongside of Him. Uh, until we can put that as a priority, what we're saying is anything above that, we're saying, God, we can't trust you in this area. 
God, I can't, I can't yield this area to you. If you're putting your work before, you're saying, I've got to leave at 7.30 in my work and I don't get home till 8.30 and it's just so busy. Well, what you're saying is, God, I can't trust you with my work. I've got to make it happen myself because your walk, your time with him, your prayer, your seeking him has to be just the number one thing. Get rid of anything in your world before you get rid of your walk with Jesus. Anything. And I know if you're a... Uh, a visitor here, that might seem pretty pretty full on. I'm not saying get rid of your family. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying get rid of TV if you need to. Get rid of time on Facebook if you need to. Get rid of, uh, you know, don't work as long as hours if, if it's going to mean that. Like, I'm from a family that hasn't grown up in church, and so I know that that can be quite, seem quite offensive at times, saying God's first. But, but here it is. Let me read you one scripture. This was like one of the key verses for me as a young believer. Matthew 6, 33. You've heard it before, but if you live by it, it'll change your world. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, above all else, and live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. If you can put him first, you don't need to worry about your family, your provision, your, your this and your that. God will sort everything out as you put to him uh, your priorities and you put him in first place. So I just want to encourage you to, even if it's, even if it's just 15 minutes. That's what I've started to do. Uh, because, you know, you say, oh, I pray in the car, I, I do this. That's what I used to say. Let's be honest. We need to get a place by ourselves for at least, let's just say, 15 minutes. Just try five minutes. Uh, you know, maybe you leave at five in the morning. Well, get up at five minutes earlier and just pray for five minutes where you're not driving, you're not cooking, you're not cleaning, you're not got the kids around, you're not, just whatever, just get five minutes totally dedicated to be still before God, to open your mouth, not just to ponder all the bad things and let your mind drift, but to just get before God and say, God, I commit this day into your hands. God, I, I, I need you. God, the, God, I just take this few, few minutes to just tell you how much I depend on you, how desperate I am for you, how much I need you. God, I can't do this without you. God, that you would bless my family. God, I declare victory over our circumstances today. God, I declare provision over our world today. Just for five minutes. You do five minutes of that, and all of a sudden you'll find faith shifting on the inside of you, and it'll come alive. The lastly, uh, well, second lastly, but sort of lastly, last one I'm not going to say much about. I've run out of time, but uh, and I'm not going to read this whole passage, but the, the, the third reason I find we don't really pray is is um, persistence or lack of. That as I said, you know, prayer is a wonderful thing. I tell you what, once you, once you leave a time of prayer, you'll be feeling a million bucks. You'll be so glad you didn't just go, I, I won't pray today. Um, but initially, there's a few reasons why we need persistence in prayer. And this is a story of, of the unjust judge and the widow who just kept persisting the unjust judge. God is not an unjust judge, nor are you a widow with poor, you're not poor and you've got nothing. It's like an opposite story. But anyway, so, um, but what's it saying? Even in this situation with an unjust God, if persistence ha- makes a difference in prayer, how much more for a gracious, loving, merciful God uh, as we persist in prayer? And so there's a few, so there's a few reasons. It takes a while to push past our fleshy feelings. Let's be really practical. When you first go to pray, you might be tired, you might be fearful, you might have all these negative thoughts, maybe your old thoughts of depression and, and, and stuff have come back and they're trying to get you and it's just like, it takes a bit of courage and persistence to actually press into a place of prayer and have courage to stand in that place. 
it takes, who knows, it can take anywhere from a few minutes to 15 minutes, half an hour to actually hit a place where faith and something starts to shift on the inside of you. And so we need a people that are people of courage. Our, our generation, our, our culture now, I think we feel like we, we want everything now. We want it immediately. If, we don't, if it takes too long, you know, if, if I have to wait for the Bowser, the, uh, the pump to be turned on 10 seconds, I'm like, mate, like, I'm trying to, what's going on? I just want to get the petrol. I want to get it done and get out of there. And, and, but, but God, it's different. We need, to, we need to use a bit of courage to press into that place. Um, it takes a bit of courage to, to push past difficult things going on in your mind. Even this week, I felt the devil trying to attack me in a bunch of areas in my mind. And I went to pray and it was so hard. I'm like, oh, man. And, and so I, I can only assume that it's a similar problem for you guys. And, you know, there's, there's things that are on your mind to get into a place of victory. No, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek you. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Just declaring things over your world. It takes persistence to pray until the answer comes. God doesn't, isn't your magic genie. He's not, you know, the magic lamp that you rub and go, three wishes, great. It takes time to, you know, faith and patience inherit the promises of God. So when you pray, you know, have you stopped believing for your family to be saved? Have you stopped believing for your health to be restored? Have you stopped believing for provision to come? It takes persistence in prayer. And so we need to get a resilience and a persistence on the inside of us, a bit of spiritual grit and determination that we can push past some of the difficulties, some of the fleshy things, and just enter into God's presence through prayer. Why don't we stand up as I tell you the last one? And lastly here, um, you know, some people don't pray because they don't have much confidence before God. And like I touched on before, that your view of God will greatly affect your ability to draw near to Him. Greatly affect it. If you see God as a harsh judge, then the last thing you're going to want to do is come near to a guy like that. If you see God as someone who's just going to pour guilt and condemnation and, and bring bad things into your world, if you expect bad things, you can't go, go to God and pray for healing if you think He wants you to be sick. Right? You can't pray for, you can't come before God and pray for salvation for your family if you think he doesn't want to save them. We've got to perceive God as the loving God that is slow to anger, abounding in love, you know, quick to forgive, that sort of God. That's why it says because of Christ in Ephesians 3.12, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Why? Because of Christ and because of faith. That's all you need. Don't worry about what you've done. Don't worry about what you think might, fear might happen. Don't worry about your sins that you've committed. No, no, no. Right now, every moment, you don't just need a new day. You just need a new second. Every second, God's mercies are new and you can step into his presence. And so if that condemns you here this morning, guys, don't let the devil, the father of all lies, the only one that accuses you, the accuser of the brethren. Don't let him accuse your mind and your heart so that you'll stop coming before your God. He is he's just waiting, like the prodigal son. Remember that picture, just waiting. So, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're facing here this morning, I'm, you know, assuming you're all human like me and you're facing maybe one of those, maybe it's something different. Uh, maybe you just need a bit of courage. Maybe you haven't prayed before and you just need to step out and, and have a go. I want to encourage you over this month to not let this be something that just slides by, an opportunity to, to be stirred into prayer that just slides by. 
Let this be something that shifts you from the inside and revolutionizes your walk with Christ. Let it be something that you, you actually work on these things and fight for these things and, and fight for your walk with Him. So why don't we just close our eyes here this morning. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.